I think we should join more often, eh? Yeah. Worship's been good. God is good. Thanks to Pastor Dave, Pastor John, for inviting us. Um, it's a blessing. And God commands a blessing when it's unity. Amen? Yeah. So before I start, I'll just give a word of prayer. We'll bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have made. Heavenly Father, we thank you that there's power in the name of Jesus today. And we come with respect in your hearts. And so, Lord, please speak through your words, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds and our, our spirit today in Jesus' name. And change us from the inside out. Stir our hearts, Lord, to receive the word. And Holy Spirit, have your way in this meeting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of my message is, Jesus Never Takes His Eyes Off You. So I'm going to be reading from uh, Matthew 14, 22 this morning. So we've all heard the story of Jesus and Peter walking on the water. So this is not a uh, mythological story uh, 2,000 years ago. This is a story that can happen to you today. So Jesus, he just fed the, the 5,000 men, plus all the women and children, with just five uh, loaves of bread and two fish. And now there's, the disciples are picking up the, uh, the, the baskets, there's 12 baskets left over. And so other disciples are starting to gather all the, the fragments and all the leftovers. They can hear the crowds talking. They're saying, this Jesus is amazing. He's healed everybody. We've eaten so much. And Jesus kept on making more fish and he's kept on making more bread. Let's make him king. Because the crowd knows, they recognise now that Jesus is the Messiah. And they want to make him king. And they want Jesus to be the king over and overthrow the Roman Empire because this is how they were raised to believe that the Messiah would come as their military leader and they would deliver people by force. But this is a big problem. So now we pick up the story in Matthew 22. Sorry, Matthew 14, verse 22, if you, if you want to open up. And it says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and go before him. So immediately, after the disciples have picked up all the uh, leftovers of the food, Jesus tells the disciples, get in the ship. He constrains, and the Bible says, I looked up the word constrained, it means appeared forced, overly controlled. So he orders his disciples to get in the ship now and go. But as you know, as you, as you read, Disciples, they didn't want to go because the crowd wanted to seize him and make him king, their king by force. So they don't want to leave Jesus alone. But Jesus tells them, get in the ship and go. Because Jesus knows the disciples would be tempted by the crowd 
So the disciples, they say, okay, Jesus, we'll go. Now, sometimes Jesus calls us and we don't want to do what he wants to do because it, it seems a bit hard. Does everybody know Heidi Baker? Heard of Heidi Baker? She's, she's called the Mozambique. And being a woman and white, I think she knows she's going to go through a few storms. So she's been uh, kidnapped, she's been assaulted, she's been held at knife point. She has more death threats that she can count. She's been shot at. And the, even the government officials over there, they put a, a price on her head. But you know what? She keeps on saying, yes, Jesus, I'll, I'll go. And she perseveres the storms. So every year she, she trains hundreds of uh, pastors uh, through intense training. And more than 50,000 uh, people go to the churches that she's planted and her husband. So Matthew 14, 23 and 24 says, And after he had dismissed them, he went up into the mountainside to pray. And later that night, he was alone by himself. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the, from the land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So Jesus, he's, he's given them a command to go, and the disciples are heading right into the storm. And you know what? Jesus knows that they're going to head right into the storm. So Jesus is on the side of the mountain, and uh, in Mark 6, 8, 48, it says, And he saw the disciples straining at the oars, because the wind was against them. So Jesus is up on the mountain, and he can see the disciples straining, struggling in the storm. They're battling for their lives. You know, they're, they're probably even thinking, where are you, Jesus? You told us to go, and where are you? But you know, Jesus was watching over them all the time. So you might be going through a storm today. You might be going through hell. And you're saying, Jesus, where are you? You've called me. You know, I've, I've given up everything to follow you. And I'm going through hell. Where are you today? You might be going through a financial storm. Maybe your marriage, you might be going through a storm of your, your kids won't listen to you, they're on drugs and drinking. And you're thinking, where are you, Jesus? Why have you abandoned me? But you know what? Jesus is above. And he's looking down, watching over us, watching over you. You know, Jesus, he sees your struggles. He's up there, he sees uh, your pain. He sees you crying at night. And he's watching over you. So, you know, uh, Jesus could see everything that's going on because the time, it's at Passover. So who knows at Passover there's a full moon. You know, you don't have to have a, uh, in a strong wind, it doesn't have to be cloud. So Jesus can see everything that's going on. So the disciples are struggling, they're battling for their lives. 
And does Jesus stand there and stop the storm? No, he just stands there and watches. So you might be fighting the storms. You know, you might be going through days, you might be going through weeks, months, it might be years. And you're wondering when the storm is going to end. Jesus is watching. I think of the Paul and Silas in Acts uh, 16, 23. Um, the, the Bible says that the, uh, after they had been severely beaten, they got thrown in jail, and the uh, officer was commanded to look after him. And around about midnight, Paul and Silas, they started singing and praising God. I wonder how many of us would, after getting proper good flogging, and you, at midnight, you praise and worship God. So this is what Jesus is doing. He, he didn't stop the storm, did he? He's like, will you still worship me as your business looks like it's going down? Jesus is like, will you still love me? You got a bad doctor's report. Will you still serve me? If you can't pay your rent and you haven't got food on your table. So even if the devil did start a storm, it doesn't mean that God's going to be in it and he'll use it for good. Because you know what? God is watching you all the time. So Matthew 14, 25, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So in those days, they divided the night into four watches. The first watch was six to nine, the second watch was uh, nine to twelve, the third watch was uh, twelve to three, and the fourth watch was three to six. The fourth watch, Jesus is coming out on the scene, is the darkest hour of the night. You've heard the old pro- proverb, it's darkest before dawn. So. Jesus comes to the disciples in the darkest hour and the very problem that they're battling with, Jesus comes out and he's got it under the, his feet. I was thinking about, you know, the, they were, anyone been out at night time? You know, it's, it's, and, and the waves are crashing and they were rowing, you know, uh, all night till three o'clock in the morning. So they would have been cold, you know, hungry, tired, and uh, they were getting nowhere, the Bible says. And, you know, I guess they might have felt like giving up. Sometimes you can't give up. It might be 12 o'clock in the hour. But you know what? Jesus had already started coming. It could be 259 but don't give up because Jesus come in on the fourth watch, three o'clock in the morning. In the darkest hour of your life, you know, you might want to give up. It's too hard and I can't do this anymore. But you know, the very problem like the disciples had, to see Jesus has got the same problem that you're struggling with under his feet. And you'll be able to walk on the same problem. 
when Jesus turns up. So Matthew 14, 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. They've never seen anything like this ever before. Um, I've did a lot of fishing at night time. Me and my wife. And I think if I would have seen someone walk on the water late at night, I would say, Michelle, start that motor. <laughs> and, they, and they've never seen anything like this before. And so they're so frightened. There's a book called The Fishermen of the Sea of Galilee. And it tells you why they're so frightened. Because if you were on a boat at night fishing, because they fished at night, because it was so hot, the fish would go low. And at night time, they'd come up, and plus they can't see the net. So they fished at night time all the time, the fishermen. So if you've seen a ghost, this was a tradition. So they've, they've been taught this, taught this all the time. This tradition says, if you ever see a, a ghost, a spirit on the water, that is a, a spirit that drowned many year, years ago in the lake. And he's coming up to tell you that you're next. And so they were, this is why they were so frightened. <laughs> tradition, eh? So this is what they've believed for years. So in, in Vanuatu, where my forefathers come, traditions and customs still play a big part in a lot of uh, Christians and even pastors' lives. Because of traditions of uh, uh, black magic. So, so they still attend church, but they still have a foot in the kingdom of darkness because you can get healing still in the kingdom of darkness. But they don't want to wait because for Jesus. So they have a foot in the kingdom of darkness and the foot in the kingdom of God. So traditions. So they've, they've brought up with this here. So they, they'll never fully experience the, the kingdom of God. Or they'll never get out of the boat because they've still got holding on traditions and they cause them fear, just like the, the disciples. They've brought up with traditions and they heard about this and they got so frightened and it kept, that fear kept them in the boat. Matthew 14, 27 says, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Jesus says, It is I. And in the Greek, this is I am. Literally, this is the name of God, I am. Moses on the mountain, God said, I am. So Jesus says, I am here, I am your refuge. I'm your peace, I'm your strength, I'm your healing today. Don't be afraid, I am. Matthew 14, 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto the water. I, I like Peter. 
You know, he made a lot of bad uh, decisions in his life. Anyone here made bad decisions in, the li- in your life? Yeah. You know, um, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he took a, a sword and he cut off the priest's ear. So Jesus had to fix that. <laughs> Another day, Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, even if everyone deserts you, I won't desert you. I will even die with you. I will stay, you know, Jesus, I'll get your back. I won't leave you, just me and you. What happened? Down the track, Jesus got arrested. He got taken away. And a girl says, hey, Peter, aren't you one of the followers? What did he do? Shut your face, you know. He didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. Another fellow said, you know, hey, that's Peter. And what did he say? Oh, he didn't say, well, no, knock your teeth out. He didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. Three times the Bible says he cursed. Another time, Peter and, uh, took Jesus aside and begins to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus turns around and he says to, to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block. The God himself called Peter Satan. You're a stumbling block. What we would have done, I would have gone straight to the airport and booked a one-way ticket to the North Pole. <laughs> I like Peter. You know, Peter messed up. But you know what? He didn't get discouraged. He didn't get on his high horse and said, well, I'm going. Peter, you know, he messed up badly too. But you know, he still prayed for the sick. You know, he, he took his eyes off Jesus. But you know what? He still walked on water. So it doesn't matter if you think you've uh, messed up bad in your life. It doesn't matter if you think you've failed Jesus. Because you know what? Peter, he got called by God himself, Satan. And you know what? He still, the Bible says that uh, he went, they would they'd bring the sick and the lame and they would lay them in the streets on beds and mats and they'd wait for him to walk past just for his shadow. And the Bible says everybody got healed. After all that. So it doesn't matter how bad you think you've messed up this morning? Jesus is watching. You know what? And he's got your back. To still walk on the water. To do the miraculous. To walk on the same problem that you've been struggling with. So Peter answers, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto the water with you. In the original Greek, that word if really means since. So it could read like this, Lord, since it is you, command me to walk on the water. Lord, since it is you, enable me to walk on the very problem that you are walking on. So we can say, Lord, since it is you, Lord, enable us to walk on sickness and disease 
anxiety, depression, just like you do. Your faith is not nervous. Peter knew it was Jesus. Because one day Jesus asked the disciples, yeah, but who do you say that I am? And of all the disciples, only one answered. And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Water walkers recognise Jesus in the midst of a storm. The other 11, they didn't. Matthew 14, 29 says, And he said, Come. And Peter was come down out of the ship, and he walked on water to Jesus. You know, Peter realises that it is safer out of the boat in the midst of this terrible storm with Jesus than it is to be in a boat in a terrible storm without Jesus. You know, I was thinking, you know, it must have been a big step for, for Peter to get out, eh? You know, the, the howling winds, the sea was rough, and Peter, in the dark, still had to get out and stand on the water. You know, I was thinking about the other disciples, the other 11, because they didn't know it was Jesus, they would have been saying, Peter, you're crazy. Don't get out there. It's a ghost. What are you, stupid? Get back in the boat. And I, I think they might have been even trying to grab him, pull him back in the boat. Only 20 years ago, I went to the doctors and I had a lump around my groin area. So I went to the doctors and he told me to sit down. And he didn't, even, he didn't even tell me anything. He, he just says to me, he just gets on the phone and says, I need to get Rico up to you right now to, to um, the scam, whatever it is. He didn't even tell me. And I'm like sitting right there, and you've ever had bad news, your heart can, sinks, doesn't it? So I got in the car, you know, just giving my life back to, uh, to God. And I said, I think I was in my early 30s and I said God here I am so I went to the intersection I could go left to go to the hospital or I could go right to go home and, and walk on walk with Jesus so I went to the intersection and I turned right then a, a, a pastor I know this fellow is who was, but he come uh, to Rocky and, and he, um, he said, anybody need healing, come out. So I went out and he said, you love Jesus, don't you? And I said, I do. I said, Jesus saying, just keep on doing what you're doing and you'll take care of the rest. And while I had this, I was bleeding a bit and stuff, I got a hernia as well. And I physically, physically couldn't walk. I couldn't even wear jeans. So I went home. I said, right, I'll just keep on doing. Didn't even, didn't even look at my problem. Didn't even look at the waves, the storm, that are, that are, the pain, stuff, bleeding, whatever going on. I just kept on doing what I, what I was doing, serving God. You know, within a week, within a week, everything went away. 
everything. The cancer, I wish I would have kept a little piece of paper. Cancer, the hernia. And I was back working, back in the gym. But the thing is, But the thing is, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anyone because people might have maybe would have changed my mind, saying, Ricky, you've got to get to the doctors. You've got to have this operation. You know, you're crazy. But I serve my God, got out of the boat, and I walked on that very problem. I walked on that very sickness. And you know, pe people, even my manager, he doesn't, know, doesn't want to know God at all. And I said to him, uh, Brian, you know, I'm, I'm healed, you know? He said, Rick, are you lying? And I said, Brian, I don't lie. And you know what? He left that because our God is real. We serve a, a miracle working God. So the other 11 disciples, they didn't recognize Jesus in the storm. So fear grips them and they stay in the boat. You know, our boat can represent, uh, our boat can be um, your security, it can be your comfort, it can be uh, your safety instead of God. If you want to know what your boat is, your fear will tell you. When fear comes in and grips you, whatever you turn to instead of God, that's your fear. Your boat can be your career, it can be your self-image, it can be your gifting, your boat can be your possessions, it can be your money. But uh, one day you're going to have to get out of the boat and trust in God. The Bible says that Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on water. Jesus says one word. He says, come. Just the one word, Peter gets out and does an amazing thing. Just the one word, Peter gets out of the boat and he walks on the word. Just the one word from God. Whatever you're struggling with, depression, financial problems, just that one word, you can stand on it and walk at the one word that God has given you. And you know that the word that Peter got from God Jesus, it became life, it became real. And that one word that you get from Jesus, it'll become life, become real, so you can stand on it, whatever problem you're going through. So even while Peter is trying to get out of the boat and all the disciples are are still trying to stay afloat and, and fight for their lives. You know what? Jesus still doesn't calm the storm, does he? He's watching Peter fight for his life to get out of the boat. 
He doesn't stop it. Why doesn't he stop the storm? You see, the reason why God doesn't stop the storm because there is things that you need to learn or you're going to learn only through going through a storm. There's things in, that you're going to learn about God that you won't learn about God if you stay in the boat. And when you step out of the boat, like I did, I was thinking, Jesus, this, I've, I've only got you. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell anybody. But you'll never know Jesus is all you need until he's all you've got. Matthew 14.30 says, But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Peter saw the wind was boisterous. What was the boisterous wind got to do with walking on water? It's got nothing to do with walking on water. If Peter was walking, the water was like glass, the sun was out, not a cloud in the sky, it was perfect, do you think Peter would have walked on water if Jesus didn't tell him to come? No. It's all got to do with the word of God. You know, isn't it amazing that the word of God is above the wind, the rain, animals. It's above all that. So it was the it was only because of the powerful word of God that Peter walked on the water. You're gonna have to have a word from God. Uh, my father was telling me, telling, tells a story about uh, years ago, or I think it was only small, it was big or something, that God told him, we were down Griffith, I think, right down New South Wales, and God told him to get back to Queensland. And it was flooding, the roads were flooded, so they rang up RACQ and they said, don't even try it. But Dad got a, a word from God, so he packed us all up in the car, and you know what? He headed back to Queensland, and we got home all the way. He didn't listen to men and what they thought. All he did was listen to God, and he obeyed the word of God, and we got through. Matthew fourteen thirty one says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand, and he caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? I think I'd rather be Peter with just a little bit of faith and took five or six steps than be the other 11 disciples with no faith and stay in the boat. But here's the good news. Even when Peter was faithless, Jesus was faithful. 
Here's the good news. Even though Peter took his eyes off the word and he started looking around at what the problem is that he was walking on in the first place, he looked back and started looking at the problem and he started to sink. He took his eyes off the word and even though he took his eye off the word, Jesus never took his eyes off him. And Jesus wasn't like, hey, where'd Peter go? You follow seeing Peter? No. He kept his eyes on Peter all the time. Not once did he take his eyes off Peter. Maybe you've taken your eyes off Jesus today. And he's nowhere in sight. I'll tell you this morning that Jesus has never taken his eyes off you. Can I have the resistance up? Can we close eyes, please? There's someone here today they might be watching you've lost sight of Jesus you've taken your eyes off Jesus and you can't see him I want to tell you today that Jesus has never ever taken your eyes off you Peter was drowning in the same saving hand that grabbed Peter there's the same mighty hand that is reaching out to grab you this morning. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Bible says they got back into the boat and the storm stopped. I want to tell you today that, you know what, everything is going to be okay. Even though you can't see Jesus, he's got his hand out stretched for you today. You know what, all you have to do is call out to him and he's ready to catch you. It might be your darkest hour. You're ready to give up. It might be 2.59 and you can't see Jesus. You said you had enough. You haven't seen Jesus for a while. He's here with his hand stretched out to take you by the hand. And you know what? Jesus grabbed his hand and they walked back to the boat. They walked back onto the water. Don't give up. You're going to walk over that same thing that you've been struggling with back into the boat. And when they got back in the boat, the storm, it went calm. Don't give up. Jesus is just around the corner. He's never taking your eyes off you. Thank you.